Awesome. Well, what an incredible way to begin our time of conversation. We actually have a couple more serving shout-outs or, you know, celebrations there. Uh, one more time when, uh, when I'm done speaking here in just a little bit. But, uh, man, I love hearing, hearing everything that's been said. I'm so thankful for everyone that has shared today their story of serving, why they love serving here at DCC. And I don't know if you hear this connected thread of how they love being connected to others. And I love what Chantel just said, where she said she's getting more out of this than she's giving in. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of what God is calling to, the significance and this purpose of the story that he is he's wanting you and I to experience and be part of. But one thing that I keep thinking about when I hear all of this is, 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 I know every one of you that's, that's shared because you've stepped forward and you've engaged. It helps me to, to get to know you personally. And then you hear others talking about how they love getting to know others. They're finding community. When you do something together and with someone, it pulls you into so many things that you did not even realize. And then God is using that to, to accomplish this purpose. It's, it's creating this platform for families and children from toddlers all the way through elementary to experience who God is and help find their way back to Him. It gives people a chance to know about His story in us, in this city, and even in other places. There's all these other things that God does when we take these steps. It's this amazing story of love. Now today, I want to say happy Valentine's Day. It's February 14th, and so this is, for many of you, a big day. Depending on who you are, some of you, this is a really big day for you to celebrate. I know for my kids, they love celebrating Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a big deal for children, if you didn't know that. It also happens to be a big deal for adults as well, and I think we've all noticed that Valentine's Day is an interesting time, and I don't know how we're going about Valentine's Day in a pandemic right now. Typically, we like to go out, especially when it hits on a weekend like this. Uh, that's always good for business, typically. But uh, I don't know if you've ever gone on, and I've not done this, but to my recollection, gone on a first date on Valentine's Day. That would be really hard, because first dates are just hard enough. You know, first dates, you're trying to put forth the, your, your best person. The best part of you, and you know the other person, at least you're hoping the other person is trying to do the same, but it's kind of ironic. If you're, if you're dating to pursue a long-term relationship, then you're actually trying to hide the, the very things that you hope this person will be able to see one day by living life with you. So there's a great irony of how we try to put our best foot forward when we're dating, but um, sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. And then when it doesn't, those create the best stories. And if you ever you listen to these stories, many times they're like, that's the very thing that just drew me into this person. When they, they messed up or they said this thing or they did this awkward moment, that's what made them love them because that was the real them. Well, how does God pursue us? How does God show us that he loves us? I don't know if you've heard this, but we say that God is love. In fact, everything that we know of love comes from Him. He is the one person that pursues us perfectly in 
love. And so today, we're going to begin a new series called Lifted. Lifted. Because right now, we're experiencing the weight of the world. We're being weighed down by the pandemic. We're being weighed down by the brokenness of the world. We're being weighed down by unresolved racial tension and issues. We're being weighed down by the fact that we can't see one another as much as we used to. We're not around people as much before. We're feeling the weight of that. We want to experience hope. And on Valentine's Day, we want to experience love. If you're someone who's been trying to pursue a significant other, maybe that feels more of a weight for you on Valentine's Day. I just want to say this. I'm, I'm someone who's married, and even in our married relationships, you can feel that weight. It's not always easy because the brokenness of our lives comes out in our marriages, and that makes it feel hard. And so we're longing for hope. And so what we're going to lean into and begin to engage in this series called Lifted is we're going to to look into this hope that we have in in, in God, that God has brought to us. And I want you to know that this hope is real. It is real. That He came, God came to us to take the weight off of us. He came to set us free, and you can actually experience that, even in suffering, that God came to us to lift us. We can't do that on our own. We need him. And he came to actually do that for us. He came to take the pressure off. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to pursue a story. We're going to look at the story of God. And today, I'm going, to, I'm going to walk you through that quickly, the story of God. We're going to look at this, your story as well. Your story as part of that. And that's part of what we've been listening today to today is, is people saying, I've been part of this story and I've experienced this love. And, and we're inviting you to come and experience that, to take a step. We heard from Shane saying, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I typically like to be behind the scenes and this is an invitation towards that. And he took that step to be part of that story. And we're being impacted by that right now. And then we're also going to, after lifted, look at the, the story of work and purpose in our work lives. Because right now, work has, for many of you, especially here in, in, in downtown Jersey City, that is a burden. It's hard. And that's something we're going to look at that I've, I think is going to be very helpful. As Christians, we believe that the message of Christianity has the best answers to the problems and the struggles that we see in the world. And that we have a great message of hope to share and to bring, especially during the pandemic. So let's look at God's pursuit of us. We say at downtown community that God is pursuing you. And he wants to have a conversation with you that no matter who you are, that you can go to him, that he has been pursuing you. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, your background in history, he is pursuing you and me. So let's look at his pursuit of us. And in this story, there are four parts. 
And I'm going to give them all to you up front. I'm going to walk through this story. And so we see four major parts. You ready for this? It's kind of like four acts, not, not three acts, not act one, act two, four acts, four parts. You ready? So we see creation. We see the fall. And then we see redemption. And then we see restoration. The creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. That's what I'm about to walk you through. So if you're taking notes, there you go. If you're not, you kind of know where we're headed. This is great. And then if you'd like to take notes on our chat window, there's a tab for that, and you can see those today if you would like. If you're someone who likes to follow along, there you go. So we believe that everything began at creation, that God created this world. He created you to experience this world in, in its beauty. And here's the thing about creation as we begin this first part of the story is that we once had the world we all wanted. We once had the world that we all want right now. Everything that you were longing for, it existed. A world of peace. A world of justice, a world without death, a world without disease, or conflict, or pandemics. What used to be something that we thought was somewhere else has come to us, and we just reminded of a world that we wish didn't exist, and we long for a world that's different. And I want you to know the world was created like that. Without the things that are causing us trouble. God made this world full of amazing beauty. And I think it is so important for us to see and to look into. That the creation, it was full of amazing beauty. Just within nature. But just think about, even now we see glimpses of this. This is still here in many form, many ways, but just in science, the incredible complexity, the incredible hugeness of it. But then you see the, the complexity of little tiny details that we're still discovering, microscopic, beyond microscopic. Incredibly complicated things like DNA or the workings of your brain. But then you see the hugeness of the world and then the stars and the galaxies that are continuing to explode and to happen. We're still finding it. And every year and every decade we find that it's more complex than we originally thought. It's amazing, full of beauty. It's complexity. It's, it's full of amazing science that we should be looking at and embracing. There's an incredible beauty in relationships with one another, in romantic relationships, in sex, that we believe that God made that for us to enjoy. It. It's amazing beauty. We see a world with art and artists and artistry and beauty in all kinds of forms. We also see Unity. Unity. In the beginning, when God created man and woman, we, we had, we could, they could see and they could respond and talk with God. They had unity with 
God and peace with him. They had unity with each other. There was no brokenness. They were not hiding anything. There was nothing to be ashamed of. There was unity also with creation. It wasn't broken. It was beautiful. It was incredible to enjoy. We have creation. But then we have part two, which is the fall. We have creation that became not beautiful, not as beautiful. We call it the fall. We turned away from God's beauty for us. See, in his beauty, he gave us freedom. He didn't make us robots. He gave the ability to choose between the good that he had or our own way and our own selfishness and our own brokenness. And we looked at what God had and the choices that we had, and we say, you're holding out on us, and we believe that lie. And we turned from God, and we lost that world. We lost it. Our sin, our action of turning from God unleashed forces of evil and destruction so that now things fall apart. Death happens around us. We see brokenness in our city. And everything fell apart. Every aspect of life. Physical and social. Everything is characterized by this physical and social and personal disintegration. It's all falling apart. The beauty was damaged. All the forms of beauty. You see nature having trouble. We are hit by storms. We're hit by all these natural disasters that just wreak destruction upon our lives. We see the beauty of relationships, the beauty of sex being distorted in awful, horrible ways. And we are so confused and we are so angry by this. All those different things of beauty, we've lost it in the fall. And then we have a divide. There's a divide between us and God because God is perfect and holy and unjust and, and all these things, and he could not be part of that. And so we, we experience this divide between us and God. And whether you even recognize it or not, you are experiencing that divide today. And many people are, are angry at God because of that. We, have, we also have a divide with each other. Even in our, our best interest, even in my own marriage and, and my wife, who I love dearly and committed my life to and to serve her, I still hurt her and she still hurts me. In fact, we, in, in a close relationship, experience that more than maybe any other relationship because of how close we are. We cannot escape that brokenness. It's hit in all areas of our lives with each other and friends and people that you used to love to be around said things that hurt you and they stabbed you in the back and walked away towards something else. We see it in creation. There's no longer unity there. It says in, in Genesis, God spoke to Adam and he said this, this is Genesis 3.17, he says, Cursed is the ground because of you. He's like, it was your decision. You walked into this. You have caused this. Cursed is the ground. In pain you will eat of it all the days of your 
life. Even the earth is affected by this brokenness. But thank God, He didn't just leave us there. He didn't walk away from us. We walked away from Him, but He did not walk away from us. And that, that leads us into the third part, which is amazing, which is huge, which is why we are here celebrating what we are today, is that Act 3 was redemption. Was redemption. Jesus Christ, however, God's Son, came into the world. He died as a victim of injustice. And as our substitute, bearing the penalty of our evil and sin on himself. He took the punishment that we deserve for causing all this chaos that we still see around us today. So that we can be redeemed. Paul says it this way. Because of Jesus, he says in Romans 8.34, he says, Who then will condemn us? No one. We're not condemned any longer. Why? For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading. He's praying for us. He's engaging with us. Did you hear that? He is for us. He is for you. Because of Christ, we can find redemption and no longer be condemned. He's brought us back into unity. Listen to this, how Paul describes this. He's writing to this, one of these new churches in a, in a place called Corinth. Not too long after Jesus' resurrection, this church was forming in a place that had never believed in God. It's amazing. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Paul says, Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, which is not religious Jews. Or, and he says, Some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. All these diverse situations, social and economic situations, racial situations, all these things. And here they were. They were worshiping together in unity. God had brought them back. He had redeemed them. How beautiful is that? Romans 8, 19 and 21, going back to this, Paul is writing to this church in Rome, and he says, For all of creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are talks about how creation cannot wait for this redemption. It says, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to that day, to the day when it will join God's children, who've already been redeemed, it will join with them in glorious freedom from death and decay. You have been redeemed. And creation around us is like, we cannot wait to get there up as well. Because of Christ, we have been redeemed. You say, well, that sounds great. What's that for? Well, the fourth part of this story is restoration. Is restoration. We were redeemed, and now God can make things right. He can make things right even now that he has promised to make things right the future. Restoration will enable him, because of what Christ has done, he will now enable him someday to judge the world 
and destroy all death and evil without destroying us. He will be able to destroy death and evil. This is what we long for. We long for justice. On one hand, we don't want a God of justice. We don't. Who are you to judge me, right? We say that. We push away from God. But that's why Jesus came, because we can never live up to requirements to pay for the brokenness of our sin. And so Jesus did that for us. That's why we sing today, Christ alone, cornerstone. He's now our foundation that we can stand on in freedom. But you want a God of justice because it means that he will put an end to the death, decay, the evil, and the brokenness that we long to see stopped. Restoration is the final chapter. We see God has given us glimpses and a promise to the future. We see in Revelation 21 and 22, which the whole creation is finally restored. What's fascinating is if you look in the scriptures, almost every time the, the scriptures use this word new, almost every time, it's, it's using this, this specific Greek word that I have no idea how to pronounce, but it means renewed. It means renewed, and it's referencing new birth, new selves, a new creation, new heavens and a new earth. He will restore this earth. We will get to experience and see it. We will experience the world that we long to see. And we are praying for that now. And it doesn't mean that we can't experience that now. That's why Jesus, in his example of prayer, to us, said, taught us to pray and said, Lord, have your will in, on, earth, on heaven be done here on earth. And that's why we cry out for justice and we have hope for that. This is the story that we believe as Christ followers, the creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Have you ever leaned into this story of God? Have you ever done that? Here's what's amazing about this is, is that he's invited you into this story. When you look at this story of God, it means that he has been active. He has purposefully been engaging us. He engaged us in the beginning, knowing that we would return our backs on him. But he still came down to us, stepped into our mess. Not only that, he sacrificed himself. He took the lowest position so that we might experience his highest position be adopted to experience that. It shows a purposeful engagement. And that means that he is doing the same and wants to do the same in your life today. This story, it speaks to hope. It says to us that the world wasn't created to be like this. It once was everything that you long for it to be right now. It did fall. There is a reason we see the struggle. We see the insane brokenness that brings us to tears every week. There is a reason for that. But it wasn't left there in hopelessness. 
It was redeemed. And it will be restored again one day. And it can be restored in your life. And maybe you think that it will never, you'll never see it in this earth, but you will experience things being restored. We have absolute hope in that. It all goes to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we know with confidence that we can stand on. It speaks to hope. It speaks to that redemption that you can find grace. And no matter what you do and how perfect you try to be, you won't be canceled out from God. He won't cancel you because of Christ. You can find his grace. It also gives meaning to suffering. It gives meaning to suffering. Jesus' suffering led to redemption. It was the only way. It also led to the right to restore the world. Isn't that amazing? Suffering is what brings redemption and ultimately restoration. And that is true now. God said to us, Jesus said to us, if I experience suffering, so will you. But there's purpose in that. It gives meaning to suffering. He is doing the same work of redemption and restoration in you and through you. That's the hidden beauty of giving up our lives for Christ's sake and serving him. That he is working redemption and restoration in you and through you to others. That's amazing. What a gift. Today, we've been hearing from others the stories of God's work. Well, how do you engage this? This is the beginning. I just want to, I wanted to talk about this amazing, beautiful story. We're going to begin to engage this freedom. How can you experience this lifting, even in suffering? Well, how do you engage this story? Well, if you're looking for hope, I want to, I want to invite you to begin the journey of pursuing Christ. Begin that journey of pursuing Him. He doesn't require you to jump, jump all in, jump in the deep end, believe everything right off the bat. He, Jesus invited you in a journey. If you read any of the Gospels, the written accounts of His life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you see that He invited people into this journey of following Him. You are invited toward that. In any kind of way, I want to invite you to step into his story. There are many different ways. One is you can engage in steps. One is to be part of our Connect Path. Today, you'll join our virtual lobby, and next door to the lobby is our Connect Path room. Well, we're going to have step two. There's four steps in our Connect Path. We do them each month, and today is follow. It's follow. It's learning about what it means to follow him, why we believe about what we believe about Jesus. It's about 30 minutes. I'd love for you to join me. We can be part of that today. That's a way that you can take a step towards this story. If you've never been part of follow, whether if you've been with us for years or this is your first Sunday, I encourage you to do that. You can take a step of being part of a dinner group. Dinner groups 
are virtual. One day there'll be dinner groups again, but they meet online. We connect with the community. We have several that meet during the week. It's a way for us to engage in community together. It's a way for you to step into God's story. He uses each other to be part of that. If you're in a dinner group, I want to encourage you to stay committed, be part of that, lean in, serve your dinner group leader in ways that, in ways that maybe you can find. That will bring meaning into your life. And then serve on a team. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. You can follow the links and take a step to serve. Do one thing each month to serve. It's how you're part of this story. You are invited. Let's pray together. Father, Daddy of us all, we thank you so much. And I thank you that I can call you Daddy because you brought me into the family and I'm an adopted son of yours. I get everything that you had and you got what I deserved. What an amazing picture of love. On Valentine's Day, may we learn how to love each other well by seeing the love you had your story of us that has not stopped. We thank you and ask all this in your name. Amen.